Come on. Welcome, Lepler. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Daria Gutnik. Daria, are you ready to do this? Yes, I'm so ready. Thank you for having me. Oh, excited <laughs> to have you on. Daria is a site. Daria is a psychologist gone rogue. She quit her PhD program to found Bunch, which helps people become better leaders in just two minutes a day. Daria, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Yes. So um, I'm actually a bit of a um, strange person. I like wander between worlds. We just talked about it. I'm home in Berlin, but also in New York. And I'm also kind of home between like the psychology world and the business world. So I have been a founder myself in the past and now again, but I also did study psychology. And I actually, as you just mentioned, um, spent three and a half years researching um, as well, full-time and teaching. So I kind of like combining worlds, I think, and, and translating things from one world to another. So to answer your question, what, why, why do I do what I do, what I do? Um, my co-founder and I founded Bunch, which is um, a startup that builds an AI leadership coach and also a community for the new managers of today to help them do a better job when building their teams. As we all know, there's many challenges, starting with like the whole hybrid thing, but also going into... Uh, burnout and boundary protection and many, many other challenges that we have at work um, nowadays. So basically Bunch allows you as a new manager to um, tap into a bit of a well of knowledge from other leaders that have been there before that share actionable insights and advice with you. And um, yeah, we're we're building that community and we're building that recommender system, so to say. Awesome. I think that that's, I think that that's super cool. And I love the I love the the fact. That, I, I guess I love the idea, and then the fact that you did it. Uh, go into the world of academia and teach and research for three and a half years, and say, you know what? I think this is great, and I think that transitioning actually putting this into a business application. I think I also want to do that. So I think that that's great. I do think there is like a, a lot of opportunities wasted currently when we look at like this is I think I, I skipped that bit a bit a little bit, but it's actually important because I think a lot of researchers and academics nowadays could probably relate. Um, I generally was super interested in the academic, like in the research side of things. I'm I, I like research. I still like it. Um, there's a lot of research to be done in startups. Thankfully, um, otherwise I think I would be bored. Um, but I think the research part was always super exciting and, and it's awesome to provide new insights for the world and kind of push the envelope and like what we understand about human behavior, how can we actually create environments that are more aligned with what humans need at work and so on. However, what I also discovered when I started working full-time in research, which I think is not so visible when you study, is that the world of academic research is a very, very close one, like very, very close. So if you think about organizational psychology, it should be an applied subject, right? Like if we study like what would help managers to do a better job or what would help HR people to do a better job. And I was super surprised to find out that majority of that insight never actually reaches any of these target groups. So it's only published in a very specific selective um, number of journals, which are only bought and read, not even bought, actually bought by the university and read by people like me, who at that time 
never actually had any teams or built any businesses. <laughs> we just studied the field. So this like disconnect between we create all this like knowledge and then we bucket it away into journals are read by like 0.001% of population. And the real managers, when you actually go out and you like start interviewing them and getting to know how people actually build teams are not at all using any of that knowledge or like to a very, very, very small degree. I think this is what actually really kind of blew my mind and um, made me understand that I think my role in the world is to translate all that's there and all that's going to come in terms of insights into something that people actually can use because I felt that's like the kind of broken link in our system and we can actually enable so much good change if we help people to create better teams and help managers to do a better job by just giving them access to that information. Yeah, it's fascinating how how a lot of that just would never see the light of day. So need to need to exactly. free it from from yes, uh, free from, the knowledge. Go out, go out into the world, ideas, knowledge. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd love to just go through maybe a use case. Let's assume that that maybe I'm a manager and I've got this team of people, and is it just not, is it when when issues are coming up it's it's giving me resources to do that is it giving me uh just different ideas on hey if everything's going great here's some ideas to proactively help um i don't know if that, that's that's a clear question yeah 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 no, no no it makes perfect sense it's also a bit funky and tricky that way because i think when you think about leadership development there is multiple entry points. Like some people just like like knowledge and learning and they're like all about, oh my God, I want to learn. And as a leader, I need to stay on top of things and like I'm being paid to learn. Like I can't just sit on my, um, like what I have achieved already, I need to constantly be on top of things. And we hear these posts around, uh, blog posts or whatever, um, around how many uh, books like Elon Musk reads and uh, Bill Gates and whoever else. So there is this idea of like, I learn because I need to stay up or like keep up and stay on top of uh, my industry and, and the developments there. But then there's of course also the painful moments as you just rightfully said, most of the time it's actually not the first like, situations that bring someone to the app. So when you just get a little bit more responsibility, many of our users are um, um, engineering managers or, or product development type of managers. And we're all in the tech space. And it's interesting because when they start out on that journey, they don't necessarily immediately feel they need support. <laughs> they may just like, you know, go through it first and be like, oh, I'm doing great. Like there is no issues. I let this meeting and that meeting, I go home now. What is the challenge about this? And then there is dips and uh, low points, right? Like people leaving the team and people not being happy, some people crying in one-on-ones or whatever other stuff happens. <laughs> and you are left wondering, oh, something is not going right. What What is happening here? So I think there is different kind of points of entry. <clears throat> When you have um, a lot of our users actually learn about the app from friends and like work friends, so former colleagues, current colleagues you trust, and you have conversations about similar topics with. And so it can very well be that you're just recommending the app as like a good resource to stay on top of things. So many of our users come that way. But some of our users, I think, also discover it when actually Googling for a particular problem and then um, landing on either our community page or our blog or um, 
generally content we would put out there and then downloading it that way. So I think both are possible to the use case um, question though. So how do users actually use the app? The most successful users actually build it into their daily routine, which is why we typically recommend like kind of designing learning into your day. So be it with bunch or be it something else, like having a slot in your day for most people in the morning while your brain is still able to soak it in and you can focus on it and you can just get through it quickly. Um, even small slots like five minutes, two minutes, 10 minutes will make a difference because you can capture an idea in that time and you take it with you into your day. So whether you can apply it right away, whether it's something you can take care of later, you got one impulse done and you actually learned a new idea and your brain kind of got challenged around it. So the best usage, so to say, of tools like ours is to bake them into your daily routine and try to keep up it, like that routine as much as possible because it also helps you kind of trick your brain into, you know, like making your bed in a cognitive sense. So like making your bed is nice. That's cool. But it doesn't teach anything about your job. So you could consider completing your daily tip with bunch or something like, oh, I've accomplished something small already. I learned a new concept that can actually help me to um, have a better one on one to resolve conflicts faster, to push back on an issue um, that my manager brings to me in a more, in a better and smarter way. So there's a lot of um, different topics that our users are learning about. It's a personalized journey. So you kind of get to pick your topics as well, but what they all have in common is that they actually do it in the morning in slotted in between like yoga, meditation, going for a walk or your coffee. And then before you actually jump into the kind of, uh, day-to-day madness with Slack and Zoom and things like that. Yeah, I think that that's great. I, I love the idea of, of, of getting 1% better every day. And that's going to be different for everybody. For Elon Musk to get 1% better is different than for me to get 1% better. Um, but I, I think that it's, it's, maybe it's not an obvious thing, but why wouldn't I be able to get 1% better every day? And if I can just make that part of my daily routine, to your point, what you've been talking about, that's how it's actually going to stick versus if I need to you know, change things and really make it, if it's difficult, there's a 0% chance that I'm going to consistently do it. So if I can just slide it in around uh, my exercise or my coffee, whatever it might be, then that's, that, that's a huge thing. You talk about how it's a personalized journey. How does that work? Do I type in, I am, uh, I'm in technology, I manage a large team? Kind of like that. So when you onboard the app, um, the first touch point you have is we, of course, ask you a few questions. Um, um, it's a complex topic, so it, otherwise it would be very generic. So we actually work with a framework or a model that we developed together with a Stanford-based professor, Charles O'Reilly, um, who originally came from like this company culture space, but we actually use some of his work to translate it into the leadership space. And so you have 10 questions that you answer, um, kind of a bit of a psychometric assessment in some way, but goes very quickly. And based on that, we give you one of 14 leadership archetypes, which come kind of like with strengths and weaknesses, what comes easy to you, the type of teams that you like to lead and things like that, which goes to show that we understand your preferences in a given moment in time. This can change over time, but at that moment in time, um, you may be more focused on 
uh, details and quality and going a bit slower versus in some other um, another user or you in another circumstance or context or role um, can actually prioritize things like speed and being very experimental and so on. We also do ask which type of teams you lead or whether you lead a team at all. So definitely that also plays a role. And we collaborate with you on the selection of topics. So knowing the um, leadership archetype and also the role you have in your current team helps us to suggest topics to you. Um, so for someone who is an individual contributor right now and is actually not managing a team, um, managing up, so building a relationship with their manager may be very much more important than actually um, establishing great learning processes for their team or giving great feedback. Um, still also important topic, but less important. And so we basically prioritize topics and on um, who what we understand about who you are and offer that to you. And then you can add your own, so to say. So we have like this collaborative um, content selection or, or topic selection. And um, from there on, you get one personalized picked session or tip as we call it every day. So you return to your coach every day. You have a weekly view. You kind of see which days you actually succeeded completing it, which days are still open. So it also gives helps you to keep track on the learning habit and then really, really kind of holds you accountable to, to do it on a daily basis. And we have weekly roundups at the end of the week that helps you to review what you've already learned. And now we are actually introducing um, something really interesting. On the one hand, additional formats. So you'll also be able to um, be quizzed and like answer scenarios on particular work situations based on what you learn. So it's becoming much more interactive. And on the other hand, we also learned that a very, very important pillar of learning for our users is to exchange with other users. So we have the Slack community that we run on the side of the app, and we have lots of interactive elements in there. And people have repeatedly told us, like, this is so great. Actually, if you Google leadership in Slack, I think ours is like number one or number two. Um, so it's a very popular kind of like additional pillar to the learning to have the social um, element. And we've been designing and testing features right now that actually bring that social element into the app where um, I can ask a question about a particular tip or I can read someone's hot take or I can um, read someone's additional like practical advice. So we are bringing in like um, leadership coaches and executive coaches to give additional context to all of these concepts that we are actually feeding to our users um, on a daily basis. So lots of exciting uh, new things happening in the app soon. Yeah, it sounds super cool. So as I'm going through the setup process and entering the archetype and mm -hmm. um, then everything you've just laid out, am I saying mm -hmm. I want to do this every day and I'm setting that expectation? Um, yeah, so we give you the option to adjust learning days and give uh, also set a time when you want to be reminded. So um, it's under your control. You can have five learning days like most of people, um, most of our users on the platform um, kind of see this as a work component. So they don't necessarily want to keep learning on the weekends where they're trying to recharge and rest. Um, and at the same time, we let you choose a time when you actually can fit it in. So 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m. Some people try to do it in the evenings as well. But from like our product analytics, we see that those that actually set it in the morning succeed much, much better with the habit building element. Yeah, that certainly does make sense. <laughs> All right. And so my coach shows up. Do I get to name the coach or how does that work, Daria? Oh, this is such a great question. We like go back and forth on this. So I think in the beginning when we started out on this like development journey, we were considering doing this like really, you know, chatbot style and whatever. We tested it with users and users were like, 
this is so stupid. Like, I don't believe one single cent that this thing, whatever the chatbot thing is, can actually be like, like a human coach and so on. So we kind of moved away from it just because this whole AI chatbot space had such a bad branding. I think it's getting better now because the bots are actually smarter, but also because in our case, value gets created in combination between our team, our community and the AI. So it's not just the AI that actually does the work. And so we also noticed that it's actually much, much more pleasant for our users to interact with like a selection of our team members. So now when we, for instance, um, I don't know, like send campaigns, like we record podcasts, et cetera, and like we market them to our users, of course, like we send that communication from different team members and they actually share their own learnings and takeaways. And that lands much better than just like, you know, pushing it all onto like the AI, but the coach of course is a very important pillar in the overall bunch experience. Like it's the thing you land on every day, but we kind of steered away from, um, I think we have two smart users to, you know, like uh, tell them like, hey, this pink boy in XYZ, I don't know, Maria, or like whoever, however would have called the thing um, is, is kind of like um, all smart and all intelligent and uh, there is no human intervention. I think it makes perfect sense that in this case, it's technology meets humans um, in terms of curation, value, creation, and so on. So it's the coach plus the bunch team plus the bunch community and you get to interact with all of them. I love it. Makes sense. Well, Daria, the people are ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Ooh, so I actually did go to our um, app, of course, uh, because why would I not? There is like so many hundreds of useful tips, of which I tried plenty, not all of them. And I was thinking about which one to recommend because of, you know, seasonality as well. People are hopefully taking some breaks here and there. Um, and also, um, I think, yeah, establishing boundaries and managing those is generally hard, but particularly hard at times when you are trying to take a break. So I picked um, one uh, tip, which is basically how to say no in a productive way. Um, yeah, many people struggle with this, I think, especially when it comes to customers. How can you say no to customers? But um, we have this one tip in the app, actually, it's called um, an engineering, uh, an engineer's guide to say no, but it applies to many, many other um, roles as well. There's five different ways. And my favorite one is actually called the twist. So Imagine you're already swamped, but you actually need to like free up some time to go on that break with your family for the, for a week or whatever. And um, there's more and more ideas being thrown at you. And you're like, oh my God, how will I make this happen? And I really wanted to take this week off and so on. So in situations like this, it's actually um, Steven Robbins, so he's a serial entrepreneur and co-founder of FTP Software, um, shared this uh, tip. And he says, you can actually, instead of saying no, just ask a question and try to suggest an alternative instead. Seems pretty straightforward. Um, and what he actually recommends in particular is like, um, next time somebody brings you an idea and you don't know where to put it because you're already super overboard, um, you can say, I think it's a good idea, but it doesn't fit in the current roadmap as is, or it doesn't fit into the current scope of project as is, or whatever it may be. Um, what if it looked like this? And then you basically try to suggest either a later, slight, later time point to tackle it, smaller scope, maybe delegating to someone else. So basically think through an alternative um, don't sacrifice immediately whatever you were planning to do. That's a very important part that many of us struggle with. But basically propose a different way to the same goal and, and suggest that. And it really works wonders. Try this all the time with our investors and users as well. Um, so it's a really, really good and actionable tip. Well, I think Hope that is great helps. stuff. That definitely gets a come on. 
I, I think that that's so, I think uh, just being able to tap into community and wisdom and experience for language like that is such a powerful thing. Um, I know that I've benefited myself from that over the years for sure. So I think that's great. Well, Daria, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? Where can they find Bunch? Yes. So you can get in touch with me on Twitter or LinkedIn are probably my two places to be both just Daria Goodnick, Daria with a J, um, get you to uh, where you need to be. I think there is not that many uh, with that name yet. Uh, so it's easy to find. And um, the app is free on the App Store currently. We're working on the Android version very soon. So on the App Store, um, you can find us when you put in Bunch Leadership or Bunch AI Coach. Um, it's the first hit. Um, and we can also share, I think, the link in the description and the show notes um, just to give you a feel for what it's like when you have us as a secret weapon in your pocket. I love it. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show Daria your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find Daria on Twitter and LinkedIn. Her name is spelled D-A-R-J-A, G-U-T-N-I-C-K, and then find Bunch on the iTunes app store and just search Bunch Leadership, Bunch AI Coach, and then just find it right in the link in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Daria. Perfect. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.